there is no way I'm going back to the office. Uh, I don't mind traveling for work. I do see the benefit and deeply believe in the power of uh, connection in person. But to have to do that on a regular basis is just not something that I'm, I'm going to be doing again. That's Nitra Santillaire, an HR professional with more than 25 years of experience, who is currently employed at the company 3Flow. Anitra is going to talk about recruiting remote workers, some myths about remote work, what quantities are most sought after, and she'll also give us her take on the future of remote work. I'm your host, Marilyn Germain, and welcome, Anitra. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So can you define remote work and remote hiring? What do we mean by those terms? It's a great question, and I think it's important to understand there are different kinds of remote work. So I think what people typically think about, everyone is at home, an all-remote company, and that's the kind of company that I work at. And when that happens, the question is pretty easy. This is a remote workplace. There is no real office. But there are other versions of remote where you might have folks who have a couple of hubs where they can go sit in if they'd like but it's still very much a remote first company, meaning the company still orients itself as remote first. We're gonna pay attention and run things as if everyone were in their own homes working remotely. And then you can have remote friendly organizations where there may be some, this is more hybrid. You can have a remote first hybrid organization, but you can also have a remote friendly hybrid organization, which is People are in an office, but we will allow you, an individual or you, a team, to work from home, but we're not oriented towards the remote experience. We're oriented towards the work experience. As I said, 3Flow is is really an all-remote company, and we do have a remote-first orientation. When I think about hiring, it is really, how do you bring someone into a company knowing that you will likely not see them very often, if at all, face-to-face. Many of the people I work with now, I've never seen face-to-face, but you've got to think about how you can ensure someone has the skills and is values aligned with you and your company as you bring them in to basically work either out of their home or as some companies do, they'll pay for co-working and allow people to build a work experience outside of their home, but just not with their employees. If you think about people going to a work, et cetera. Did that answer your question? Absolutely. Thank you. So can you give us some myths about remote work? Yes. I think a lot of the myths stem around the idea that remote work is replicating what you have in person, but virtually. So they're just different things. You can build relationships remotely. You absolutely can do that. You don't have to bring people together. It certainly helps. But I think that's one of the big myths is you can't really get close to your coworkers. You can't have fun. We have a ton of fun. We throw parties. We get together and and do collective experiences. Um, We learn from one another. And so that's the first one is this building relationships. I think it's also a myth that it's easier in some ways to work remotely because you get to do it in your pajamas sometimes if you're not on video or no one's looking over your shoulder. But I think one of the real benefits of working remotely is it focuses a lot more on accountability and not your physical presence. And so it isn't easier. Uh, And in some ways it can be more challenging. And then I'd say maybe a last one that people really talk about is you have time to do all the things. I can't wait to work remotely because I'm going to be able to do my laundry and I can pick kids up and I can do all the things. 
And in a lot of ways, that's not a complete fit. One of the benefits, I think, is all the flexibility. And I'm happy to spend some time talking about that because I have a ton. It's still a job. And there are going to be moments where you can't just do your laundry. And it's something that, particularly if you live with others, you'll find that you really have to work on helping them understand that being a remote employee doesn't mean I can just go to the store in the middle of the day whenever I feel like it. I can plan to do those things much easier, but I still have standing meetings that I have to go to, emergencies pop up, deadlines, things I have to get done. And so it isn't this work now revolves around my schedule. It's more of a give and take. There are times when I can do all the things I want, and I'm very clear about that. uh, And I love that flexibility, but I still have to do my job. You know, you're right. In my field, in higher education, we were the first industry to allow faculty to work from home in terms of you know teaching. Online education mm-hmm. wasn't born with COVID. Some of us have been teaching online for well, almost two decades. And the perception of faculty who were not teaching online was that online faculty had it easy. They were not doing as much work as mm-hmm. those on campus. And you know, they were not respected in that regard. They were like, ah, they're kind of, you know, having fun teaching from home, doing nothing, essentially. And then what happened with COVID is those on campus started to teach online as well. And they realized, oh my gosh, this is so much more work than being on campus. And so that's also a myth that, a myth that you know, those working from home don't work. Research actually shows they work more. Yes. Uh, because the you know, the boundaries are much softer. You know, when the office is down the hall in your house, you're more likely to go, oh, let me go check my emails at 9 p.m. to see if I have anything standing. And so what's your take on that? I 100% agree. Uh, And I heard you say your office being down the hall, but for quite uh, a number of my coworkers, their offices are in their closets because they don't have the space in their home or they're in their dining rooms and people have to come and eat dinner in their in that space where they have these shared work and other spaces. And really being able to, one, separate from those spaces, but two, the work is always there. And so I 100% agree that people who work remotely get things done. And when you look at a lot of remote only organizations, you know, that has to be the case because they're successful, they're thriving as businesses. And so in order for that to happen, people do have to do work. I think what often gets lost is we're we're all doing the same work. It's just how we do it can be a little bit different. And there's this flexibility element again that I talked about. And so I get my kids from school uh, most of the time if my husband doesn't get them from school and that's in the middle of the workday. But I'm also on my email later in the evening because I need to finish something that I couldn't do when I was off picking them up uh, in the middle of the day. And so it's really pros and cons and things that you get and things that you have to work around for sure. So what's it in for organizations? Well, I think there are a ton of benefits. Uh, And I, I laugh because it's I I know there's so much noise around why it's so hard for organizations to do this, but I think, first of all, it really opens your hiring pool. When you think about, even if you're just a US-based or a state-based, you only want to hire people in your state, you now have anyone with internet access within your state that you can hire. There are certain groups of people that you just have more access to. So if you think about people who are very mobile, like military spouses, 
that's a great pool to tap into because they may need to move and, and move around given their spouse is serving. And this allows you to work with someone who's incredibly intelligent, working hard, that you wouldn't have access to, or that you might while they were in one place, but once they have to move, there's no retaining that person. So it allows for longer retention. There are also very people with different sets of abilities. If you have folks who are agoraphobic, great workers, but just cannot leave their homes, this is another route for them to actually be, what's the word I'm looking for? Involved and included in an organization in a way that's not, we have to do this weird thing for this one person who's not here, but in an all remote company, we're all in our homes. And so I think it can bring to the organization a set of people who you would just not otherwise have access to, or you might have access to, but it would be, it would feel complicated for the employee and for the organization. Uh, there's increased accountability because you can't see them and say they're working. And so you really do have to get clarity around goals and what people need to get done. And when that's done well, you've just opened the door to productivity and accountability within an organization. It's very easy to understand are people doing work in a way that you can get fooled pretty easily in person. And then finally, I'd say it's an incredibly inclusive thing to do. You can bring so many diverse ideas and perspectives and backgrounds into an organization when, again, your pool is so much greater than it would be if you can only get people who can physically commute to your in-person location. Right. And we don't necessarily think about that, but it does open to a greater number of potential candidates for jobs. And so yes. uh, in, in that regard, we, get, we can get better quantity employees in a way. So talking about quantity of employees, what quantities do remote employees should have uh, to be successful? A lot of them are similar to any job. You want to make sure that their values align, that they have the skills you need. But I think when you look at folks who are going to work in a remote environment, uh, there are a couple of things I'd add. First, this needs to be someone who can ask for what they need. Because you lose a lot of the in-person, particularly visual or nonverbal clues that someone might be having a hard day, might need time off, and you can encourage that person, there are ways to do that remotely, but it's really helpful when you have someone who's able to sort of ask for what they need and who understands that your organization needs them to do that. I think people who are able to create their own outlets. And what I mean by that is when you are in a normal or what used to be normal workplace, meaning in person, that's where you get your social activity, your best friends are there. It's your chance to get out of the house. Your commute might be the only exercise you get. And so you do need people who can create their own outlets to replicate some of that stuff. I am an introvert. I don't need the social stuff replicated in the same way. But for someone who is very extroverted or who gets a lot of energy from people outside, they need to understand that about themselves. And so really, it's about a self-awareness and know how to create that because work isn't going to give you all of the same things remotely that it would give you if you were in person and vice versa. I'd also say, interestingly, this was not something I would have said when I started working remotely, but you need to be a good writer. And I don't mean a writer in the sense that you've got to be able to tell a great story and eloquence and all of that stuff. I do mean more of documentation, taking notes, keeping track of things. And that's both for you and your colleagues. As a remote workplace, 
we are not all going to experience the same thing at the same time. We need to work asynchronously. And a big part of that is documentation. What happened at that meeting? Where is the process? Because when you need an answer from me, I may not be online. I may be in a different time zone. I may be 12 hours off of you. And so the more that you as an employee can document and save things uh, in ways that others can fit into, I think the better off that the employee is going to be for sure. That's something I found a lot of people are surprised about after they've been working remotely for a while. So much more is documented and there's it's so verbose in a way that you don't have to do when you're in person. So let's try to emotionally fast forward 10 or 15 years from now. What do you think the future of remote work is going to be like? I do think we'll continue to see remote work as a real option for people. I think more and more organizations and new organizations may just make the decision to completely forego offices at all. And so the real estate I think will change uh, real estate market and how people think about what a workspace is. I think you're going to find a lot more hoteling, we work kinds of things where people can go and, and see in-person activities. I do think you're going to find there's a greater need for how do you help remote teams collaborate and work together? So there's already a ton of apps that exist, but I think as we move on, those apps are probably going to be more built into how we think about our computers and our, our actual workspaces. I imagine most people, 10 or 15 years might be a little bit of a stretch, maybe a little bit further, but I think you'll start to see homes and apartments, et cetera, really being built with a home worker in mind. And so even if you do have a small space, you're able to carve out this corner as your work corner. And that's going to be a real sell for people in a way that people are sort of creating workspaces on their own. I think there'll probably be a lot more training around communication and, and documentation and how to do that well. And that will start as education in your institutes of higher learning, because we don't really learn how to work remotely through most of our lives, because most of our lives, we are doing things in person, except for folks who are homeschooled or remote schooled. A lot of the skills and that ability to be organized and manage your time, et cetera, are things you have to learn. And I think as remote work becomes more of a norm, institutes of higher learning are going to start teaching and, and even younger teaching their students, et cetera, on how to be better employees, which will include more about what it is like to be a remote employee. So Anitra, you've been working remotely for over 10 years. Do you see yourself going back into an office setting? <laughs> Absolutely not. I Never thought remote work was the path for me. I very much expected to be in the office. And uh, I only wanted to work remotely because of the, the laundry stuff, actually. So I can do all my stuff. It's hard to get my home stuff done. But if I worked at home, it'd be great. And what I found is, one, I mentioned a little bit earlier, I'm a bit of an introvert. And I have so much more of an ability being a people person and having a people-focused job and being able to hang up and take a moment and take a deep breath by myself has been incredibly helpful to me. Uh, I have two well, now middle school age children and being able to pick them up from school is important to me. And uh, having the flexibility to do that, I can't always get them and sometimes they have to stay late, but having that flexibility to go 
get them is really important. And I don't feel that same guilt. People are watching me walk out of the office and I got to be back and all, all of that that comes with being in person. I've never really experienced that in a remote workplace because I think there is a greater acceptance of flexibility. Um, and that's actually to go back to your last question. That's something I think you'll see in the in-person workspaces too, is a greater acceptance of flexibility. This idea of FaceTime and you need to be here till five o'clock. I think you're going to see that go away in the future as well, because in-person places are going to need to really meet the needs of the workforce who will want that flexibility. But no, there's there is no way I'm going back to the office. I don't mind traveling for work. I do see the benefit and deeply believe in the power of uh, connection in person. But to have to do that on a regular basis is just not something that I'm going to be doing again. Is your company 3Flow monitoring your work? I, I know there are some organizations that are so concerned about mm -hmm. you know how productive the employees are. Does 3Flow monitor remote workers? No, we don't. And this idea of monitoring productivity often, not always, but often comes from a lack of ability to just determine what are the outcomes you're looking for, what are the deliverables you need. And so I have plenty of stuff I need to do. And there's alignment on expectations uh, in terms of the impact that I need to have on the organization, um, the things that I need to build for the organization. But whether I do that on my couch with my laptop at 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. or Sunday night, if that's what I choose to do, is not important. What matters is did I get the product done? Is it done well? Is it done early or on time? And that's what we care about. Are you doing the job that we asked you to do? How you get it done matters, of course, particularly from a values perspective, but there's no need for us to make sure you're on your computer at 9.17 a.m. and that you didn't look at Instagram for five minutes. I don't care if you're looking at Instagram for five minutes. Are you getting the stuff done that I need to have done when I need to have it done? It's also the the type of relationship that your employer has with you as an employee, right? I mean, you want to instill trust and yes. monitoring your every minute of your day is not instilling trust. And so, I, I mean, that's my take on this. I agree. Um, and I just, one other quick thought is there is also a greater need for organizations to be really good at performance management. And so in order to have that, that trust for the people who are doing their work, when you have people who truly aren't delivering, who aren't able to have the impact that we are all expecting them to have, it is up to managers and organizations to really performance manage that. Because one of the worst things you can do, particularly in a remote environment, is have people who are not living into their jobs fully, who are not living up to expectations. That People know that, just like in an in-person office, people know when work isn't getting done and they know when people aren't pulling their weight. And that's such a drag on morale that you have to be better at managing because you can't just look and see, oh, this person's never at their desk. That's not the measure of productivity. And I think that's why a lot of companies monitor. They're using that as a measure of performance so they can say easily, you weren't on your computer for two hours today, therefore you're not doing your job, therefore you're terminated. You have to have a lot more evidence in a remote-based world. Otherwise, that everything fails miserably if you're not able to manage out people who need to be managed out. Anitra, do you have any tips for HR professionals who are recruiting hybrid or fully remote workers? Sure. I'd say first is to get really clear about what you're looking for and 
in your job descriptions, being clear about what remote works means for your organization. I ran into an issue where we had an employee who knew the organization was remote, but one thing we didn't speak about as much was that we are a cameras on remote company. And so we encourage people to have their cameras on. We don't require it. I know there are some companies that do require it. We are not one of them. But more often than not, you will see people on their cameras. And that was something this person just didn't consider. And I've worked at organizations where cameras off was sort of the norm. Uh, And I know that's a little thing, but when you think about someone who's coming to work every day, you can't quite come in your pajamas. You can't sort of roll out of bed and get on camera. I wear my three flow sweatshirt every day and it's very casual, but it's very different than just working in my bed with the covers over my head, things like that, like the tangible experience, what your expectations are in a remote workplace, uh, the documentation I talked about, letting people know, we do actually expect you to make sure that you're taking notes and that you're meeting with your manager and having those one-on-one notes. Things like that are super important to identify about your culture and to share when you're hiring with others, because those can be real shocks to people when they join. A real clarity in your process. This is true no matter whether you were hiring in person or not, but I think with remote, because you're not going into that office for the interview and you get to meet everyone and get a feel for the place, really being clear about what people can expect as they go through the interview process and how you expect to evaluate them when you can't look at all of those things that you could sort of see when you're in person is important. And communication, again, because you can't see, I can't touch your building. I can't go and find people who work at your company maybe as easily. Being really transparent about who you are, why you're doing the things that you're doing, what your steps are. And finally, being clear about what recruiting is and isn't at your organization. And this is just in response to some of the recent scams that have been happening where organizations or individuals are posing as organizations and saying, hey, I'm ThreeFlow, I've got a job for you. They're looking at your website. And so we have on all of our job descriptions, here's what you can expect only respond if it's an at three flow address. If it's not at three flow, it's not us. Here's how we interview people, et cetera, because that's, it's to cover the people who are coming to look at your organization to make sure that they understand when this is real, because there are definitely scammers out there. And then finally, I'd say making sure that you're doing as much as you can to help make people understand what your organization looks like in places like LinkedIn, telling the story of who you are, pictures that show what your organization looks like when they're together is always really nice, but not all of the in-person pictures because that's not all that it is to work there. I think it'd be very misleading if I showed everyone a time the executive team got together. It's nice to show that, but only pictures of people being in person is not helpful because most of your work is not going to be that way. So instead, we uh, in our welcome letters to people show pictures of us a screenshot of us during our Halloween event with all of our costumes on, because that is what it's like to work at 3Flow. It's not the in-person fun stuff that folks do when they get together. Some excellent points, uh, Nitra. Thank you for your insights on remote work and the recruitment of remote workers. Thanks so much for allowing me to talk about it. It's been fun. Support for this show comes from Western Carolina University, a campus of the University of North Carolina system with the technical assistance of Kelly Minnis.